and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the uh, game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. My name is Kelso. Hello. Hi. My name is Kyla. And I'm Carl. And I'm Chris, but not with a K. Yep. Is that going to be your regular sign-in from now on, is pointing out how your name is spelled? Yeah. I, I mean, I, people you, need to know. You've done it a few times already, so like, like, like that constitutes a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, as long as as long as people are absolutely sure how to spell your name, that's because that's what's important. Well, I mean, it is. When the rest of you start with K's, it's, it becomes confusing. I just want to make sure that everybody's clear. And there are some there are some well known Chris's that start with K's. So yeah, exactly. You, gotta, you can't be too careful. That's true. Precisely. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be confused for a Chris that people know about. <laughs> nope, I wouldn't. Especially not with a K. God. That's, that's the worst kind of Chris. Ugh. Yeah. The ones that people know about. Ugh. No, it's it's just the ones with K's in their name. They're the worst. Even Chris Straub? I don't know who that is. He writes a webcomic. Yeah. What uh, webcomic is that? that? That I know the name. Um, He did Starslip. And maybe also does... Is he the one who does PvP online? Or is that um his friend? Uh, uh I don't know. That's no, the other No, no that's I feel the like I gotta guy. Google it. Um, Chris Straub is one of the people who's like sort of not Penny Arcade, but like Penny Arcade adjacent. Oh, Penny um, Arcade adjacent. Yeah, Scott Kurtz does PvP online. Oh, um, Chris Straub does Star Slip and other things. Okay. Checkerboard Nightmare, Chainsaw Suit, Brood okay. Hollow, F Chords. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've stuff. I've read slash heard of some of those, so. Okay. That's how I know that name. Cool. Anyway, now that we've completely gotten sidetracked right off the intro. Yeah. I mean, that's that's usually the point of the intro, is it not? You know. Yeah, we usually, you know, we talk about some things. We talk about some webcomics. Earlier, we were, uh, before we started recording, we were talking about Willem Dafoe. That's missed true. Out, missed out and on his, that. Uh, he was an excellent actor. Excellent performance <laughs> in Beyond Two Souls. Yes, and in Boondock Saints. And, uh, and in, in Existence. <laughs> And yep, in, specifically and... not in in Spider-Man. We did not speak about Spider-Man. Yeah, no. Um, there was something else that Willem Dafoe made me think of. Ah, shoot, but now I don't remember. This is one way to do an intro. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're, so, uh, we're so doing how, it real good. How, how people's weeks been? Uh, I went back to school. Now I'm tired. School does that. It does. But are you are you learning fun and interesting things? Yeah, I guess. I I mean, I'm in I'm in my first life drawing class in like five years, so that's that was uh, terrifying to go into there and be like, I haven't done this in five years, but it it feels good to get does back into it. Does that mean you it. get to see a lot of naked people? Yeah, like just hanging out with one naked person and a bunch of not naked people for like four hours once a week. That's dope. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's so weird because like. I know two people who, who maybe are like have not been to art school. It's like oh, life drawing. There's just a naked person, and I'm just like, yep, there's a naked person. Like, it's not even a thing I think about anymore. It's, <laughs> it's so strange the way my perception on naked people has shifted. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's good. I think we could all do with more exposure to like regular nudity, so yeah. that we don't get all kerfluffed over it. Yeah, it is. Fluffed. It is nice to just be able to, you know. See a butt and I think not most think people just get fluffed, not kerfluffed. Oh. I think I think 
I think censors get pretty kerfluffed. That's yeah. true. I would I would agree with that. Um, Specifically, the, uh, though, because people get fluffed. Yeah, I mean that that's true too. Um, but yes, the uh, I understand that being a nude model for uh, an art class is somewhat lucrative, but also extremely difficult. Yeah, like they they pay pretty well, but. You, you have gotta to be hold able to still hold those for poses. four hours. Yeah. Yeah. We we don't really do like I've been in classes before. Um, at my old school we had like I would be in life drawing once a week for six hours. So it was like a three hour block in the morning and an hour lunch break and a three hour block in the afternoon or maybe it was a half hour lunch break. Either way, and we would like do short poses in the morning and the the afternoon would be like a couple half hour poses or like twenty minutes and like one hour long pose. Um, we don't do poses that are that long here because it's a shorter session, but yeah, I wouldn't want to have to do that. That would be difficult. Preferably like get people who are like super into yoga and used to just like holding very still. (laughs) Yeah. But then on, on the other side of that, like you can't, it, it's also not helpful to have all of your models have the same body type. Yeah. So, like, I one of one of the models that I used to that used to sit for my classes was like this eighty year old man, <laughs> and I felt so bad for him because I was just like, "How are you doing this?" His name was Bob, but I always his liked name it. was Bob. I always liked it when Bob came in because I would do like hand studies because his hands were all gnarled. Yeah, it's you. I feel like live drawing gives you a great appreciation for the range of like human physicality like you stop yeah. looking at like people as you know like typically tra- attractive or unattractive and you start going like oh my god look at that awesome line the way his muscle yeah. goes in his arm there that's amazing it's just like you're so weirdly proportioned that's awesome <laughs> yeah somehow i don't think that's a flattering thing to say to somebody though well, so I would yeah but that's, you don't say it you just think it you don't say you it, just All right, think it that's but it, the thing is you you start to think of attractiveness in a sort of completely different way you start to think of attractiveness as like a typicality in a weird way yeah and which is sort of the opposite of how you would normally think of attractiveness and it's just kind of a an interesting experience yeah mm. it's fun i i enjoy it it's 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 a good way to just like get out of your own head and mm-hmm. just do it. Do the thing. Get out of your own head and just do it. Did you just jump into a Nike commercial or <laughs> I was you gonna know. go with wasn't that a Shia LaBeouf meme recently, but Ah, that too. It was, it was also that. I actually have not yet seen that video. I know that it exists and I've seen all kinds of clips and, and versions and variations, but I have not seen the actual original video from it. Um, I, I had I'm a friend that you have managed to not see it for that long. <laughs> I had a friend um had a friend take that footage and put it in front of archived Nazi propaganda footage. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> nice. Um, nice. It's wow. pretty it's pretty great. So uh, yeah. I, I would yep. good grief. That's what happens. How? What? What are other people doing this week? I've talked a lot about naked, naked people that I look at sometimes. Um, I've been playing a tabletop game wherein I play a uh, curmudgeonly redneck who throws nice. axes. Nice. That sounds like a lot of fun. What game are you playing? Uh, Thirteenth Age. I have not heard of that. It's a. Uh, it's it's a pretty like 
typical D and D variant kind of thing. Mm. Um, I think it was. It's like one of the authors of it is actually like the uh, an author of D and D. So, um, like fourth edition or something like that. Hmm. Um, and it's it's pretty fun so far. We have a good DM. Uh, I like how she's been managing it so far, and it's it's a it's a good group of people who are for the most part we're just basically like we made kind of silly characters instead of trying to you know min max or yeah or like specifically build for effectiveness. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah, just have a bunch good. of weirdness, which is a lot of fun. That is fun. Um, the main difference with Thirteenth Age is instead of having any kind of like skill points for skill checks and stuff you have backgrounds that just are like your character history and then anytime you want to do something that's sort of skill related you like pick, you talk to the DM and pick a background that you think like usefully influences your ability to do this skill and yeah. then you can roll based on that huh um, so I have like trapper and um, like stoic hermit and what is that sound I thunder. don't know. It sounds like it's coming from from you. Are you uh are you have you become uh, a truck or a god of thunder or both thunder trucks? Now <laughs> you become a thunder truck. <laughs> now it seems that he's just gone. Okay, trapping and and backgrounds and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. So um so yeah it's I'm you know doing weird things. I have a I had a power called um. I'm a ranger called Terrain Stunt, where I can mm-hmm. use the natural world in a silly way, uh, like once per combat if the combat lasts long okay. enough. Okay. Uh, evidently, it was thunder. Sorry. Oh, okay. Cool. Did you just get a power out? No. Uh, there was there was no damage to uh, anything. It uh, it just sounded really really loud. And, <laughs> the only uh, thing that was damaged was the episode. <laughs> eh, whatever. Was our was our uh, our train of thought? Yeah. Um, but well, yeah. So the the way they described terrain that doesn't stunt, take thunderstorms to do. So that's fair. <laughs> um, the way they describe terrain stunt in the manual is like you can do things like um, like shoot down hornets' nests onto your enemies, <laughs> or like you know use your knowledge of the forest to like lead them into swampy gra- swampy ground so they get stuck. Um, that kind of thing. So what I did was we were, were we were in an airship like fighting these these like pirates that were trying to board. Um, in these they were like in these hot air balloons. Um, so because my character's like one unique thing is that he always has like really weird kinds of jerky on him at all times. Nice. Um, like meat jerky yeah, or like meat jerky. Oh, okay. Like he's he's a he's a like a redneck trapper who lives in the woods, so he makes all his own jerky. And, uh, and define weird in this case. Uh, like in this case, it was like a a spider rat jerky. Uh, okay. Because you know he lives in this magical forest where there's all kinds of weird beasts, so his jerky right. is always from really weird creatures. Um, oh. So what he okay. did was we I used terrain stunt to stick a piece of jerky to one of the enemy uh, balloons uh, because I knew the area had like some native like monstrous giant owls. So, like, owls came and attacked the balloon because it smelled like rat jerky. Nice. Well, well done. That sounds excellent. So that, that, was, my, that was my weekend. Cool. Uh, huh. Well, um... <laughs> Who else has a weekend story? Or I played a, Nuclear Throne a lot. And you're playing Nuclear Throne right now. 
Hey, calm down. <laughs> hey, I'm just uh, just letting the people know what what all that clicking is. That's true. <laughs> um, Kelso, how's your uh, your horror movie thing going on? Are you still doing that? Uh, you know, we sort of got burned <laughs> out in life. Yeah, it's which is unfortunate because we usually go much longer than um than we have. Oh, kitty, kitty, I'm getting over. Stop doing that. No, it's just like life has just sort of been oh, boning us all pretty hard. Well, that's I what mean, getting old means. Suddenly, life is important. I mean, more important than hobbies. Well, that's not quite true. It was much easier to do this. Life when is I, pretty uh, unimportant when I wasn't uh, in school when and you're having cool. to do well, homework. Well, you're still you're still usually young, Fanaron. Yeah, I am <laughs> so usually young. young. Um, we did we did watch. Uh, some of you might have seen me live tweeting live tweeting about street trash. Uh, oh which, god, yeah. <laughs> which is um, which is I a great movie. People. Oh, it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, a great movie that I recommend you watch. It's a 1987 Melt movie. Uh, Melt sorry? movies are sort of a subgenre of body horror, um, and where body horror usually has like some sort of implications about like the nature of humanity and otherness and things like that. Melt what does movies that mean? What do you, what what does what mean? <laughs> body horror. Body horror is like um like the thing or like the fly where Do you not watch movies? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay, well Body horror is a genre of horror that's about like gross and terrible things happening to and, and usually, or changing your body. Yeah, usually like some aspect of transformation. I see. And it's okay. about, yeah. like, it, like the the main themes are sort of, like, the terrifyingness of, you know, the other, I guess. Yeah, and, and the, and the you, terrifyingness of, like, yeah, not having control over your body or the shape of your body and mm-hmm. and things like that. So okay. Cronenberg, Cronenberg is all about the uh, the body horror. Yeah, it's it's great. I really I really enjoy body horror. But um, melt movies are, are just literally people melt. What? Um, yes. So Street Trash is I'm, a movie. I'm impressed that there are enough of these movies that it is a subgenre. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what I was about to. That's what I was thinking. Like, I, why I, is that a like? I don't how think can you just call it that. Hey, man. Evidently, uh, there are enough of them. Yeah. But... I don't think there are like a huge amount, but enough yeah, for there to be a for... genre. Yeah. Um, I think Street Trash is probably one of like the the best known, but it's basically about like. This community of homeless people living in a in like a junkyard, and they all get their their hobo wine from this one liquor store, and the owner of the liquor store like is digging around in his basement and he finds a crate of like this old dubious looking alcoholic beverage. I think it's called Viper, and you drink it and immediately melt into just like a pile of fluorescent goo. Um, and there's also some subplot oh, okay. uh, with like the mafia happening. I'm not. Of course there is. The, the thing about Street Trash is there's like five or six subplots and no main plot. So just things are sort of happening um, in various directions all the time, but none of none of them really ever come to a resolution. And what? It's it's. It's worth watching. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> like it's it's such a fun That's movie. Your endorsement of it's worth watching. It's fun. Um, 
I'm not gonna watch it. That's fine. Neither am I. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, any of us are. I, sorry. I already I already tweeted um all of the all of the melts. So if you wanna go look at my Twitter from a couple weeks ago, um I screen capped them. Okay. You know. Great. <laughs> if you're if you're interested in a bunch of still images of people melting, check yeah. out Elsa's <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. That's what you do. Well, um, my favorite, my favorite body horror example, by the way, is um, the Junji Ito um, Enigma of Amagara Fault. Ooh, yeah, they. I um, I love Junji creeps Ito. me the fuck out every single time I yeah. think about it. Actually, um, Uzumaki is on our list to watch. That's the one about spirals that make people go insane. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. Oh, Jinji. Oh, now now I'm thinking about Jinji Ito and how great he is. So <laughs> Jinji good. Ito is like the king of body horror manga. Yeah. Really, really wonderful stuff. So yeah, that's that's. that's... And actually, uh, Amigara Fault is not his body horrorist of body horror comics. It's more yeah. like psychological than it is gross. Um, but it has it has its moments, like especially at the end. Anywho. Yeah. Anywho, speaking of horrible things, hey. uh, Carl, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about the game you made us play this week? I made you play him. Sure. <laughs> it's the Cat Lady. Yay. And it's horrible. I mean, not as a game, but it makes yeah. you feel horrible. Yeah. It's a it's a game about I horrible the, experiences. I love this game, yes, to be clear. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. it. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we played it. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I have, I have like, copious notes. You've like, I don't even know person. where to start talking about this game. <laughs> but uh, but it is it is horrible in the sense of, like, you feel horror when playing it. It, yep. it was a, a bit rough. too much spook factor for me. Yeah. A bit too much what? Just about uh, the line of spook factor. Oh. So the weirdest thing for me is that I was so sure I was going to be, like, scared out of my mind, but I didn't actually find this that scary. Yeah, it's, like, there are a couple of, like, auditory jump scares, basically. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's it's pretty much just um, it's, it's, a- atmosphere. Yeah, it's yeah. difficult. Like, it makes you feel terrible to play it for more than an hour at a time or so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it, but it, it's it, not scary. Yeah, it's not no. really scary. And I think part of it is, like, it's hard to feel scary when you're basically this invincible angel of death. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, or it's hard to... I found this scary. Yeah? Uh-huh. And even though you're invi- invincible... I never thought about that really, because I didn't well, want to die. Was there was there one part that you felt like, or like one or two parts that you felt were like particularly scary or scary things about it? When you were walking around after you get kidnapped in yeah. that mansion. Yeah. Okay. Oh that yeah. Was... And you like I'll heard you people around. Yeah. There's like a door yeah. creak in the background, you and you're like, you were in the building. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you that one. That's that true. That one's pretty tense. So, actually, before we before we get further into this, do we want to like do a brief overview of the plot? Yes. Sorry, I I had <laughs> intended to to let Carl do that, and then I jumped in like I always do. Carl, explain to us, do us, give us a summary of the game. So you start off as Susan Ashford, Worth, I don't know, Susan, and you decide <laughs> to kill yourself. And instead, you meet up with this woman called Queen of Maggots, 
who tells you you need to kill five people, basically. Parasites, you call them. And uh, that's pretty much what you do. But you wake up in a hospital. I don't really know how to phrase this. You you wake up like in a suicide ward. Yeah, and yeah. they tell you that uh, your daughter saved you, but you find that you don't have a daughter. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's it's a point and click adventure game, basically. Yeah, it's I mean it's, it's not a very quite, dialogue heavy point and click adventure game. Yeah, yeah. it's very dialogue heavy. Yep. So you you go through the hospital. And it turns out that your um, your psychologist or psychiatrist, I don't know if they say which he is, um, ends up murdering you. So you die, and then you come back to life in a body bag. The queen, the queen of maggots has, has given you the power of immortality yeah. for the purpose yeah. of your, your quest. Yep. So, so you wake up um, in a body bag in the basement of the hospital, and you find out that the doctor, the good doctor, has been... Murdering women and rearranging their bodies into like tableau of um, famous paintings. Good so God, there's, yeah. there's like uh, the Mona Lisa and uh, the woman with the ermine and um, yeah, a couple others. Uh, uh, like one of the Venus Venuses um, yeah. and and you murder him with an improvised weapon that you improvised. Improvised weapon. But it's really interesting that you, this game gives you choices. Yeah. That doesn't yep. really matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what weapon to build to murder the person with. Yeah, I, I really liked that design decision because yeah. there's, like, both of the weapons are made up, I think, of three or four pieces each. Mm-hmm. And so there's scattered everywhere. So if you can't find, like, every single piece, you basically, you're likely to find enough to build one of the weapons. That's what I was thinking. And, I mean, if you find it all, then it adds an element of making it a little bit more personal where, like, you're choosing how you want to kill this guy mm-hmm. as opposed to just... You know, the game telling you, here's your weapon, there you go, go kill the man, sort of yeah. thing. I mean, it sort of gives a feeling that you're missing something, though. If you that don't too. Do both. Yeah. Or, or if, yeah, if you choose one or the other. And whichever weapon you choose, you revisit that weapon later in the game. Um, because that's the weapon that shows up for you in the, Actually, um, the ship section. Is that accurate? Because I, I killed him with the spear and the mace showed up later. Really? Ah, damn it. Okay. So maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's just the always the mace. Hmm. Ah, well. I think I was, it's always the mace. I was wondering if, if that's how it played out. Okay, because I, like the I used the mace and the mace showed up, so I assumed it was the mace. But <laughs> I, I, guess I makes... actually did it both ways because I ended up restarting that segment because I wanted to retry the following segment. And mm-hmm. the last save I had was right before I killed the doctor. So I was like, oh, what happens if I kill him with the other weapon this time? Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's the same. It's just a different yeah. animation. Um, the the Steam version, I think, because you and I both played the GOG version. Um, mm-hmm. The Steam version gives you uh, an achievement for each one, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you you kill the doctor, and then you go back to your apartment, and you hang out in your apartment. You gotta like make coffee and yeah, you have to not do have a, a bunch breakdown. of stuff. You have, yeah, you have to not have a breakdown. Which is, it was so strange to me that they they introduced this mechanic of okay. Here are two meters. One meter is, like, your calmness. And if you do enough things that are calming to you, then you can have, like, a restful night. And here's the other indicator, which is stressors, basically. And if enough things stress you out, then you have a breakdown. And they go through all the trouble of explaining this, and then they never 
use it again in the yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> used that one bad, segment. Well, but it's a little bit odd that, just in general, like as a decision, it's a bit odd to have independent like stress and calm meters as opposed yeah. to just one meter that you try to like sit in the middle somewhere. So I noticed that, I thought that that was unusual too, and I love that decision. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it makes I sense. Like because... I have two things to ask. One, could you actually get the calm meter? Yes, I Mine looked can. up how to do it afterwards, yeah. and you basically have to know everything that happens in that scene yeah. going okay, into so it in order to do it. You can't the you can't really the first time through. Yeah, yeah it unless is you look at if you're using a walkthrough. Yeah, you have to do everything perfectly and in the right order. Yeah, because basically you have to fill the electric meter before the power goes out. Mm -hmm. Right. That's uh, right. Yeah. Which, and like, you if have you to... don't know, the power is going to... You have no way of knowing the power is going to go out. That's yeah. right. Like, yeah, it's impossible. Or you have to... I think that like one of them is like, you have to build the scarecrow before before you trigger the crow out there? No, you get, you get, oh. you get stressed from the crow either way. Oh, okay. I tried it. Because I, I tried that one like three times to see if I could do it. Um, and I was unable to do it every time. And then I just like I just moved on and then looked it up on a walkthrough. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, on, on the plus side, I honestly I don't think it matters if you have a breakdown or not. Like you, no. you have a, a scene of you running around your apartment screaming. Um, it matters to me. Yeah, yeah, I, it, I, yeah, it does matter because I think it matters for the ending that you can get. Uh, I looked it up later. Uh, there are four different endings. Does it? I was thinking that the endings that that didn't matter for the endings. I'm pretty I, sure. I, I feel like I read that it didn't as well, but that maybe it does. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's like a good ending and a best ending, and the best ending requires also not breaking down. Huh. All I right. think. I found the meters weird, but I, I found them. I I was really tense, just walking around doing basic stuff in my yeah. apartment. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't want the meter to go up. Yeah. Yeah. And I like. I felt like that to me felt the most emotionally real of anything in the game. Because it really felt like this, like, I, you know, I'm having a shitty day, I'm on edge, I'm already super stressed out, and any little fucking thing is going to make this day just awful. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I murdered like, a man today, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> deal with today. shitty, like, ruining my sh my shitty, already terrible coffee, you know, like... Yeah, right. Um, so, so, yeah, you either, uh, well, you, like... Take a shower, make coffee, you know, make food, um, call, and then you call your cats by playing the piano, and you talk to your cats for a while, and then your jerk neighbor comes and says, you're crazy, stop playing the piano, uh, I'm gonna call pest control. Yeah, he was a jerk. And mm -hmm. you, you can either be, like... He literally got you killed. I mean, yeah, like, actually, got you true. kidnapped <laughs> yeah, and killed. Actually. Like, yeah. he's, he kind of is beyond just regular jerk, and to the point of, like... Sort I mean, of he psychopathic didn't mean anything about it. Well, he, he wanted to get your cat killed. Gave your yeah, but he specifically like gave your description to the pest control guy. That is yeah, true. I'm pretty sure like if he's gonna be able to call the pest control guy like on a personal level and give your de your description as a person mm -hmm. to pest control, he probably knows about this pest control guy. Is how I feel about it. But yeah, that's, no, no. that's an implication that I hadn't considered actually. <laughs> no. I don't know if he knows he if he knew he was he going to get you killed, but playing the piano late yeah. at night. But anyway, he kills he calls pest control and uh, pest control comes and turns out pest control also a crazy psycho murderer. Yep. Yep. And his wife. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Psycho so murdering cannibals, the both couldn't. of them. Yep. So they kidnap you with with the intention of cannibalizing you because they're sick of eating cats. Um. So you you <laughs> you go Specific and that is why. Yeah. Um. And you <laughs> go through the house and actually no, before that happens, a a girl comes to your door and she reveals herself to be the person who brought you to the hospital after you took all those pills. Um. That's true. And she wants to live in your apartment in your spare room because she's looking for someone who she has tracked down to your building. And you also find out that she has cancer and is going to die before too long. And then you get kidnapped. Um, and so you wander around in the pest control guy's house, avoiding him and his wife. The wife was a strange character. Um, it it's just nah. we- It's just weird to me how... Um, the pest control guy is also considered a parasite, like, per the game, you mm-hmm. know, there are five parasites, and he's one of them, but he sounds and acts just like a normal person, like, you know, a fucked in well, the head person. No. Yeah, fucked in the head. Yeah, but, yeah. but he doesn't, sham- like, he doesn't have a shambling walk like his wife does. <laughs> he doesn't have a weirdly modulated, altered voice like the wife does or like some of the other parasites do. The, the pest control guy? Yeah, he does. He has he a does. weirdly modulated voice. Does he? He just sounds yeah. He just sounds sort of... Well, see, I wasn't sure... Because to me that doesn't sound like modulated um, voice. That just sounds like a poor audio recording quality which so was an I issue. Wanna, we should talk mm. about that in yeah. this game it's, once we're done with a summary. Yeah. So, okay, that that's something we'll come back to. So... You kill the pest control man, you kill his wife. Um, and then you go back to your apartment with the girl, and her name is Mitzi. And then... And then you have a flashback sequence? Is that when that happens? Is that the... Yeah. Okay. The river one? I think one? you're right, yeah. Is that... Yeah. No, no. When I... you were younger and had a yeah. kid and a husband. Right. Yep, so... that's Well, no, you have the flashback sequence as, after you've been kidnapped by flower... Or, like, tied up by flower guy. Yeah, okay, so... So, you that's go true. back to your apartment, and you're talking to Mitzi, and a, and a guy comes to your door, and he's got flowers. And then he hits you over the head with a hammer. And <laughs> you wake up in a bathtub, and you're, like, all cocooned up in duct tape with Mitzi, and... Because of that, you tell her about your sad past, and you were married, and your husband was a jerk, and you had a baby, and your baby died, because some anonymous suitor had been sending you flowers, and your husband was coming home, and you're like, I don't want him to see these flowers, so you put him in the baby's room, and you your were gonna lie about it. baby was allergic to flowers. Yeah, and, and the window was open, and it blew pollen into the baby's crib, and the baby died. And then your husband, like, went out into the woods and drank so much that he died. Uh, and then you come back to the present, and the murderer comes into the bathroom, drags Mitzi out, and comes you... Comes back for you. Yeah. And then brings you out into the living room, and she is... He has basically started to hang her from the ceiling, and he wants you to play your piano. So you play the piano, and your cats all come in, because that's what brings the cats to your apartment, and they maul him to death. Yeah, and you that save sequence, Mitzi. This that sequence was so weird. Mind. That yeah. sequence was so weird! Yeah. It was... It made no sense. 
There was no was setup for anything. Yeah. Who was that guy? I thought maybe it was supposed to be like the suitor from the past, but he like his tongue was cut out or something because all he could do was like make these weird incoherent yelling noises yeah. at you. It's like I think that was supposed to be the implication, but I don't know if that's actually. They never mentioned this. Yeah, yeah it never comes up. It's never explained who the like, fuck this random guy who shows up at your apartment is or why he's there. Like, that character is called um, The Carpenter. Doesn't even have a name. The name is not mentioned anywhere in the game. The only reason that name is, like, known is because it was mentioned once in the developer's Tumblr or something. <laughs> so... I'm sorry. Um, also, you summon flesh-eating cats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the cats have already shown a slight supernatural ability because you play as a cat for a little while in the pest control sequence oh, to right. free Susan. Play as a uh, So that she can that. shoot herself in the face. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is. She's been blinded by bleach at that point. Yeah. Yep. It's, a pretty, it's a pretty messed up game, y'all. You should play <laughs> because, it. Jesus Christ, this game. Um, I have to say, though, like, just that. That instance is fairly clever. Yeah. But like the at, at first you kill yourself because you're depressed and you don't want to live anymore and at this point like you've been granted immortality, you know you can't die permanently, but you're useless in your current state. So what's your answer? Well, if I kill myself, I'll come back perfect. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to shoot myself in the face and start over. Like and that's I just the way, I love the way they oh give you that God. sequence where you're still controlling the character but you can't see anything. The screen yeah. is just black. You just have to walk back and forth until like a reaction command pops up and you're like, Oh, I feel the gun, let me pick up the gun. <laughs> yeah. And then you drop it and you have to do it again. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. And, and then I'm pretty sure it's just like that section is that you really feel like Susan is changing personality where she like right. I can deal with this shit. I'm just gonna mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. Right. I feel like that's that's kind yeah, of what I was like, going. Is like that's of, the turning point. Instead is... of being pitiful about it, like she was in the hospital, she's like threatening the guy who has her tied up because she's already yeah. killed somebody at this point. She's like, "Fuck this! I know what I'm doing now." Yeah, and it's I I just felt like that was kind of the turning point. Is the moment where you're just like, "Well, if I just kill myself, yeah. then I'll just come back and kill them." Like what? <laughs> you can you can. <laughs> You can also have that turning point a little earlier if when your neighbor comes to confront you, you're just a bitch to him, which is what I did. <laughs> um, there are like two sets of dialogue options and you can either be really apologetic when your neighbor comes to apologize, or when your neighbor comes to, to complain about the noise, or you can just tell him to go fuck himself. I tried both of them and neither of them raises your mood, so... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, you, you yeah. just you just get more stressed out afterwards. Which, yeah. to be fair, I would say that's accurate. Even even if I do manage to work up the moxie to tell someone who's being shitty to fuck off, I still feel really stressed out about it. So, yeah, yep. I think that's pretty accurate. Okay, so um, you 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 died a bunch of times and you killed the uh, carpenter guy. Then then the next bit is. Walking around the apartment is the to... the weird comedy of errors sequence in the middle of this whole like dark foreboding game. There's a like ha ha ha. You have to pretend you're the babysitter and like like chew off the real babysitter when she comes to the yeah. door and yeah. So the basically the last big segment of the game is 
Um, you helping Mitzi find the person she's looking for in your apartment building. And the person she's looking for is, um, basically her boyfriend. Eye of Adam. Yes, the Eye of Adam is his name. But her boyfriend, Jack, um, at an unspecified but relatively recent amount of time before the events of this game, killed himself and tried to convince her to also kill herself like they could, you know, die together in some tragic but romantic yeah, way because of after, her cancer. after yeah, after her diagnosis and she was like, What? No, fuck that. Um but he did it because he was on some internet forum asking people about suicide and a frequent visitor of the same forum basically said, Yeah, you should totally do that. Here's Kill yourself. How. Yeah. Um, so she tracked this guy to Susan's apartment building and was trying to find him. So you spend the next section of the game going around and knocking on all the doors, trying to find out where Eye of Adam lives. And, and a you... lot of the interactions are kind of funny. They are. Yeah. With, with like, the dog they're lady. So... Yeah. They're so in contrast to the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah. Completely out of tone in terms of the the way the rest of the game is and going, like, which is kind is... of a relief at that point. Yeah, well, it's, it's sort of building up Ivy. towards the final. Yeah, and then Joe is just really, really, really yeah. creepy. And, yeah, and you 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 come up with this uh, this ridiculous like Scooby Doo esque scheme to scare your upstairs neighbor who called pest control by dressing up as a ghost and staging this elaborate haunting based on, like, the story of the Cat Widow. Mm-hmm. Which um, is really funny, too, because if you tell the story wrong, then it becomes a, like, no, it didn't happen that way, that's dumb, and then you repick the option. Oh, is that what happens? That, yeah, I, I, I must have that. I must have picked, all, like, all the right options, because yeah, that I didn't happen. The, I was picking the right options to start with, and then I got to the point where one of the options was a giant zombie cat appears on the bed, uh. and I'm like... There's no way we could pull that off. Let me just see what happens if I choose, like, a wrong answer. And oh. there's, like, one image of, like, a giant, like, photo of a cat, like, but with blood on it, like, sitting on this guy's bed. And the music completely cuts out, and it's just silent for a moment. And then Mitzi's like, that sounds really dumb. <laughs> and, and Susan's like, okay, okay, that's not what happened. What really happened was... That's hilarious. I, I, I almost picked... I know there's one option where you're dressed as the cat widow and you're confronting the neighbor and one of the options was like she pulled out a shotgun and killed him and I almost picked that option but I decided not to and I I wish I had now (laughs) oh well um there's yeah so a lot of the the things that happen in that sequence are really light and funny except Joe Davis Mm-hmm. Which is the was really really awkward for me because my husband's stepdad is named Joe Davis. Oh, so, oh, wow. uh, oh dear. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. yeah, when she when she said misery, I just turned off the game. Yeah, and, I just turned off the game. And yeah, so it's computer. a it's a this weird. You find this guy who's been like abusing his wife, and you get sucked into his weird. He's like schizophrenic, and you get sucked into the, his weird creepy dream world. Um, because he maybe kills you, it's unclear. Um, And you find this weird, deformed monster corpse of his wife who just shrieks the word misery at you in this, like, really weird static voice that's just incredibly disconcerting. And it's really loud. Yeah. It's much louder than the rest of the game audio. Oh, boy. 
Um, so I looked it up, and the reason, part of the reason I think that Joe Davis sequence is so weird and sort of incongruous because you don't actually kill him, mm-hmm. um, is because Joe Davis is a character from the developer's previous game. Mm. So this is sort of a reference to the other game. Okay. Did you guys kill the woman? I did not. Did you? No. I, I want to know what happened. I you did. did. You, you, yeah, actually I did. Because um, I was thinking it might be, like, related to the parasites that turned mm-hmm. out not to be. But what what happens is um, he he gives you, like, some wire and he's like, you have to strangle her. So you go over and strangle her. And you, like, come back to your senses and you're, you have the... Uh, laptop cable that you were looking for and Mitzi has come back into the room and you're trying to strangle her and she's like what the hell are you oh. doing Susan oh. but th- but you don't actually do any harm to her and you're like oh crap sorry I freaked out for a minute and Mitzi's like that's okay and nothing happens <laughs> yeah so, if, we, if you don't try and kill her you just ap- reappear in the room and she's like you were just staring off into space what happened yeah. you also, still have the there's power there's a really it. weird scene with Joe yeah. torturing someone and then his, that's his wife so what happens in the other game is apparently his wife was anorexic and to quote unquote cure her he like went crazy and force fed her human meat smoothies okay that uh, makes sense uh, yeah sure yeah, yeah. Okay. because after after you finish the chapter it it goes through like this long slow pan of the basement environment of the building through like through a wall and into this secret room where Joe... She's, like, electroshocking yeah, her, right? like, she's, like, strapped into a chair and she's all obese and bloody. And and he's, like, running electricity through her for some reason and, like, talking to her. And that's... It's pretty fucked up. And you don't uh, get to kill him. All the other fucked up creepy weirdos you get to kill in this game, but you yeah. don't kill Joe Davis. It's so weird. Um, well, I guess I guess it makes slightly more sense knowing that that's just a nod to their previous game. Yeah. It doesn't... I mean, I didn't think it was out of place, really. As it felt to me out of place that you didn't kill him. Yeah. Because you kill every other mm-hmm. character like that. But your goal isn't really to kill people that are fucked up. <laughs> well, it's to, to kill people kill that, parasites. like... parasites. Yeah, but the parasites seem to be people who are, like, hurting and killing other people. I mean, I, I guess I guess the big distinction would be that parasites are serial killers, and, and this guy's and just Joe, torturing Joe his wife. Joe is just killing his, and he hasn't even killed his wife. He's just torturing her. So that might be the uh, the distinction. They never make it explicitly clear what the parasites are, other than they, they like, like to hurt people. You kill four people, don't you? You kill. Five. Yeah, you kill. I guess- you can, well, I guess you count Eye of Adam. Eye of Adam is could go either way, but it's yeah. it's the doctor, the pest control guy, his wife, the carpenter, and maybe Eye of Adam. Yeah. Um, when does the when does the weird ship segment come in? Is um, that before or after? That's oh yeah, we forgot to talk about that, or I forgot to mention that. That's that's um, when you're in the tub. Yeah, that's that's after the carpenter comes in and hits you with the hammer. Oh and right, that, yeah. The blow to the head kills you, but then you come back to life and you're tied up. We should um, say that. When you die, you often you go to a yeah, you special to, world. Yeah, yeah, you go to like the creepy world of the dead, and you have to find your way back out. And it's different and and really creepy every single time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes not every, sometimes you just it, have to blow out a candle. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, and sometimes like the first time, it's just like a field of rye, 
or whatever, or barley or something. Sometimes you don't even go back to that place, and that's weird to me. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty inconsistent. Yeah, there there are a lot of things that are slightly janky about this game, I would say, and that inconsistency is one of them. Yeah. Well, Um, that, I wonder if that's intentional just to throw you off. Yeah, that that thought occurred to me, like, maybe it's just supposed to, like, keep you forever off balance. Right. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, but yeah, so... Like, that's not the only jankiness of the game, but I feel like yeah, that no. might be intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so after you kill Joe Davis, you don't kill Joe Davis, you do your weird, like, Scooby-Doo thing with the, the bald guy, and yeah. then you get a note from Eye of Adam telling you to, like, meet him. Yep, at Apartment 5 at midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go up there, and previously you had gone to Apartment 5 and ruled it out as the residence of Eye of Adam because the only person who lived there was this doddering, sort of senile old man. I gotta say, I love that scene because I hated hated being in conversation with him. And I (laughs) felt how awkward it was. He just wanted to leave. (laughs) There are a couple of scenes where they do really well with, like, dialogue that just really underscores how you're supposed to feel about the other person. That's yeah. one of them. The one where you're in the, the pest control house and you're on the phone with the police yeah. is another one oh, where you're like, oh my god, shut up and do something useful. Yeah. Um, and then there's one oh, there was one more. Oh, when you're talking to like the actual the babysitter there, yeah. yeah, to help the, the woman that you're investigating to see if she's Eye of Adam. I'm Rita Tickles! Like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> was... and you're like, you are an idiot and oh, like, not worth my time. Just go away. I'd like, I have more important things to do right now than deal with you. Basically. Okay, so you go back to the apartment after you get the note and you go into the building and it's, or not the building, the apartment. And you meet the old man, and he is freaked out because, as he claims, like, the Eye of Adam is watching this whole conversation. He has cameras hooked up, and he can see us. And he gives you a box, and in the box is a gas mask. And you either pick to, you either choose to put on the gas mask yourself or give it to Mitzi. Does anyone choose to do it themselves? I I mean... I didn't. Of course not. You're you're immortal. Like you can survive that. Why wouldn't you give it to Mitzi? Yeah. So yeah. So I don't I don't actually know what happens if you. Uh, I Maybe mean, that's one of the bad endings. If you. Yeah. Uh, that, that uh, be... I'll look it up right now. Hang on. Um, I mean, obviously Mitzi probably would die because it killed you nearly instantly, and it killed the old man. Well, okay. You put on the gas mask, and what happens is the building gets flooded, or not the building, the unit the gets flooded yeah. with poisonous gas, which hmm. they must have. Um, you know, leak-proofed the apartment really, really well because nobody else <laughs> apparently was affected. Right. Um, and either you I or mean, Mitzi dies. you don't really know that. That's true. Well, Eye of Adam had a thing, apparently, about not taking innocent collateral damage. That's true, actually. Yeah. Supposedly, yeah. except that his final act is clearly to take some innocent collateral damage, but, yeah, just, you know... Just straight up murder whatever. the only person who probably actually cares about him, which is yeah. his grandfather, but... Or was it nice. his father? I don't know. The old man who yeah. was either father, a father or I grandfather. Think, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. In any case, the, there are four endings, and the uh, according to the wiki, the worst ending, quote unquote, is you, that you choose to keep the gas mask and then kill the Eye of Adam yourself. Okay. 
the bad ending, quote unquote, is you give the gas mask to Mitzi and then allow her to kill the Eye of Adam. Yep. Hello. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, let's let's talk about the and next then, scene before we talk about the endings. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so you come back to life after you know not having taken the gas mask, and Mitzi is in the other room. She's found the Eye of Adam. The Eye of Adam is a man in a wheelchair who is. Um, Paralyzed, paralyzed except yeah. for his left eye and he it, it it's that you know diving bell in the butterfly thing where he communicates by um text so he's stephen with, hawking with yeah yeah with yeah um, he can like his use eye. his eye to like type things on a computer to mm-hmm. so he can communicate and yeah that's and, how he's been posting on these forums and yeah it goes on internet forums to convince people to kill themselves and at that point you can either allow Mitzi to kill him or not. Or talk her out of it, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. I now just realized this. <laughs> something in that is really weird. Hmm. Because his father is doing everything for him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want the final thing to happen. Mm-hmm. So why did he set up the gas? That's a really good question. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> about that too. I was like, so... Did his dad? So he says, like, there's you know security cameras watching them at all times installed throughout the apartment. Did his dad just install those cameras? Like, couldn't he just uninstall those cameras? That's a funny. That's a funny thing because like while while I was playing the game, I did not even consider those possibilities. <laughs> but now, Me neither. Now, uh, yeah. well, I guess that's a testament to. Yeah, how... that that sort of bothered me a little bit at the time. <laughs> but I was like, whatever. We're just going with it. Yeah. Oh, well. mm. um, okay, but so so what are the other endings? Um, and and I don't. It doesn't talk about like how the endings look or what sequences you see afterwards or anything. But um, the worst ending is keep the gas mask, kill the eye of Adam yourself. The bad ending is give the gas mask to Mitzi, but allow her to kill the eye of Adam. The good ending is to give the ma- ga- give the gas mask to Mitzi, and then prevent her from killing the eye of Adam. And the best ending is to do that, but um, there are five tasks that needed to be completed in a specific way in chapters one, two, and three. So they are uh, when Liz talks to you in chapter one, oh. uh, you oh, have you to have be to very nice to right, her. And you have to give her the right answers when she asks you about like whether you were listening, I'm guessing? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the crow's riddle, you have to win that. I did that. Uh, you have to avoid the breakdown. That was the one thing I failed at. <laughs> yep. You have to give the mask to Mitzi. You can't let her die. Um, and you don't do what the queen wants, so you refuse to blow out the candle. Yeah. So I did everything except prevent the ba- breakdown, actually. Yeah. Um, what was the fourth again? Uh, the fourth one is just giving the mask to Mitzi at the end. Oh. Hmm. So I did... I didn't answer Liz correctly, and I didn't prevent the breakdown. Um, I wonder if and I killed I, I of Adam. That might be, a, be an yep. issue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got actually the bad ending. I also got the bad ending. Um, I got the bad ending the first time, and then went back and redid it and got the good ending. Yeah, because I saved right before that point, and I'm like. I bet I could talk her down if I wanted to actually go through all the dialogue. Let me see if I can do that, and then I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But so I'm curious. I wonder if in the best ending, if she doesn't die of cancer. <laughs> I don't know. Because that seems like the only thing that could be better. <laughs> yeah. Would be hilarious. Uh, yeah. Let me see. 
I bet I can find the page on Mitzi, and then it would tell me. Yeah. Um, so if, if you let her kill the Eye of Adam, what happens is there are a ton of oxygen tanks in the room, because apparently the, the guy needs oxygen tanks, I guess. And uh, she shoots him, and it explodes. I, I was die. looking at that scene, like, when she's holding a gun, like, the first time you see her pointing a gun, I'm like, oh my god, look at those tanks, this room is clearly full of oxygen, how can you, don't fucking shoot him, we'll all explode! Yeah, I mean, exploding doesn't really matter to Susan, because obviously, <laughs> obviously. No, she's not immortal, though, at that point, because that's after she's, like, uh, spurned the the Queen of Maggots, so the presumption is, she, she says to Mitzi, like, I have a feeling that, like, I can't rely on that anymore or something like that. So I think the implication is supposed to be that, like, this is this is it. Now she's back You're to gonna die. immortal. Wait. I didn't get that scene. No? No, did I you, didn't. Did you... Did you... Uh, it's when you're talking to... Uh, what? Did, how did you... Did you blow out one of the candles when you... Yeah, I blew Okay, out. I didn't. Yeah, but the, but that's there the was, difference. There was no other option. You unless... could refuse to... You could blow out the left candle, the right candle, or refuse to blow out a candle. But she didn't, like, she wasn't there. She didn't talk to me. There was just two candles, and I was like, I guess I gotta blow one of these out. I think you can just walk out, right? You just leave? Maybe. That's weird. That's, yeah, so I got I got a thing with the Queen of Maggots where Wait, she, no, like, no, I, I did. I was thinking of a different time where she wasn't there. Okay, no, I, yeah. I did get that one. Okay. Yeah, earlier on, you, you just blow out a candle and leave. Okay. But in this one, like, the Queen of Maggots arrives no, to, now, like, yeah, now yell I remember you, that. basically. Yeah, okay. I gotta say... When you refuse the Queen of Mag- Maggots, it sort of implies almost that it's in your head that she's not re- like <laughs> that you've she just doesn't really exist. People. Yeah, because yeah. like the implication is that she's like a manifestation of your own depression. Yeah, which... I mean you're still immortal. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say something supernatural is going no, on. That's true. You're clearly killed several times. That's true. And yeah. you then wake up. There, there's a lot that is sort of unclear. And there are <laughs> definitely times where you go into freaky, weird dream worlds and then come out with things. Yeah. Right. Like the power cable for the laptop or, or the, that... the medicine. The, yeah, the red drug from the creepy dream heart. Yeah. And... <laughs> like I yep. said... It, the so narcotic heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said, I got, a lot I got of it is unclear. I narcotic heart stuff way before I actually found out what I needed that medicine for. Yeah. yeah. So, so did I. I was I like, well, say, this is all fucked up. And then I talked to this girl who's like, you need to bring me this medicine, but the real medicine that only exists in the dream. And I'm like, yeah, no, I got it. We're, just give, let me give it to you. <laughs> like way, way ahead of you here, babe. Yeah, way ahead of you. <laughs> I went into the narcotic dream and then I went to sleep and I didn't go left. So I missed the heart. I did that the first time, so but I, I, I was they, so stuck there, I've dream like three times, so I found <laughs> it eventually. They tell me that I probably shouldn't do that. And I was like, sure, I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I realized I had to go in there. Yep. Yeah. Huh. Um, so, to answer the earlier question, um, so I looked up Mitzi specifically. Mm-hmm. And uh, toward the bottom here, it says, In the ending where Mitzi miraculously overcomes her cancer... Oh, good. 
So <laughs> pretty sure that's the best ending. Yeah, so you know what? I'm almost glad I didn't get that. Because that would have been kind of just stupid. That's perfect. Yeah. She has Actually, a, she that's has, perfect. For she this has game. like six yeah. months to live with her horrible brain cancer. Like, I don't... Like, if she just miraculously... I'm cured by the power of friendship. I'm like, no. No, that's... That undermines, like, so much of this game. <laughs> I gotta say, this whole game is so jumpy. And so it changes so fast. Yeah. What he wants to, and I yeah. love it. <laughs> so I never like, know what's gonna happen. Tone is all over the place. Yeah, tone is all over the place, and there were a lot of sequences that p- just played differently than other sequences. Mm-hmm. Like that, suddenly you're a cat for a while, and suddenly, like, you know, now you're in this dream world where the rules are different, and now you're playing it as a third-person narrative where you know Susan is narrating the events that happen, and you're sort of enacting them as she narrates. Yeah, and you know, th- now you're in a flashback where you're getting flowers, and now you're you know it's you playing as Mitzi for a little bit, and now and know, now like, Mitzi is an inventory item. Yeah, now like, she's an inventory what? item, and now you're in a sequence where there are two meters for some reason, and you have to keep one down and you know like yeah. one up, and it's just it keeps switching up the mechanics on you. Yep. Which was sort of interesting and kind of unsettling, but in a way that felt, like, appropriate for the game. Whereas there were some things that were weird or unsettling in a way that just felt kind of broken and low budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, and, oh, sorry. the level of puzzles in this game is absolutely perfect. It's I would, just, I would agree, just yeah. on the edge. So I, it's I never could... really, you, you don't really get stuck yet, you, you yeah. do in many games. Yeah, I thought the difficulty of the puzzles was good. I could have done with a little bit more interaction and a little bit less like lengthy dialogue in some cases. Yeah. Because it's unskippable too. So if you want to come back and replay a section to try and do something different, you have to sit and listen to like five minutes of dialogue yeah. before you can move it's, on. It's unskippable and it's mostly poorly voice acted and recorded. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's so. Let's talk about the like production qualities of this game because sometimes the really like low budget nature of it worked really well for the aesthetic. Like mm-hmm. the animations were super creepy because they yeah, were low budget. Definitely. And sometimes like the poor audio recording quality was just shitty. Oh boy, just, yeah. Just like why are the two volumes like one of these sounds like it was recorded in a different room than the other person in this conversation? Or like there's one character. It probably I was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember which character. But there's one character who just consistently had terrible, terrible microphone pop. Yeah. Like, they didn't have a filter. Somewhere in the hospital sequence. Mm. I think it was, like, the other crazy lady, maybe? It might have been. Like, the one who's, like, their volunteer, that, like, heroin addict lady who's mm-hmm. recovering? And and some of the voice acting was just, like, not very good. Um, Pauline, the woman with the baby in your, in your apartment building... <sighs> It was like she was just sort of a person that they knew, and they're like, hey, come read for this. Yeah. And she didn't inflect and just rushed rushed through all of her dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were times where... I, I thought the person who did the voice of Susan was generally good, but there were times where she inflected almost every phrase as a question went and went up at the end of every sentence for no seeming reason. So <laughs> don't this Susan. <laughs> hey, that voice totally did it for me. No, she she was she was by far the best, and that was probably not so much a voice acting thing as it was just 
a vocal direction thing. I would imagine. Yeah, like the, she didn't. The actress didn't have enough context for the scene that that dialogue was going to be used in, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> um. And yeah, I fell in love with her voice. By the way, it was she very re- good. She yeah, I, ironically, she uh, she reminded me. I thought at first when I first heard her that it was the same voice actress who does the main character in Aquaria, which we were almost going to play next week, but we're not. <laughs> um. It, and it isn't the same voice actress. I mm. looked it up later, and it's a, it's different. But maybe it's just I didn't realize when I went into this that it was a British game, so I wasn't expecting British accents. Um, that, be, that being said, the British accents are all over the place. Well, it's a very it's very diverse, you know, like the sort of diversity you in accents you would get in Britain. Like I know the um, like Liz, the girl that you talked to in the hospital in the beginning, is uh, c- clearly has a Welsh accent. Yeah, she's got she's a uh, northerner, and I think Pauline a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 person who voiced the doctor had a had a more German, perhaps Austrian accent, and his so, name and sounded or his name looked German when I saw Dr. it in the credits Z or whatever. Yeah, like the voice actor's name. Um, um and also uh, the the husband had a vaguely German accent. I thought. The the husband yeah. from the flashback, or or I don't know if it was German, but it was it was something. I'm not sure what that was. Um, and the Queen of Maggots also had something that sounded maybe a little Austrian as well. There were some people who were I yeah, think she sounded weird. Yeah, she had a sort not of really like accent. Eastern, almost Russianish sounding accent. I thought, like yeah. I thought they were going for like a Baba Yaga kind of mm. reference. Um, but the. Uh, there was also one or two like American accents thrown in there, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, just interesting talent, I guess. Yeah, and but for the most part, I think they did the best with what they had budget-wise. Yeah. I think you know you can't say, you can't blame really them for not that. having professional recording equipment. Oh yeah, totally. But I, I think the I think the only thing that really really bothered me a lot was was the mic popping and you know a pop filter is not that expensive yeah. and that's that's the only thing that i would really just be like come on guys about. yeah you could have re- you could have re-recorded <laughs> you could have you could have done the pencil trick and it would have been fine yeah they used some uh, low resolution pictures also mm-hmm. to show and i love that yeah i I, thought... I i saw i got disturbed looking at it yeah, yeah. and i was like i can clearly read yeah <laughs> Yeah, and some of the um, the animations where they're like sort of like very stilty because they're not very many frames, mm-hmm. but it just looks the sort of weird jagginess of it kind of looks really intentional and just really creepy, and yeah. just is off-putting. Or there were times when I noticed that instead of what it, what it looks like they did was instead of redrawing the um, like sprites for different facial animations, they just sort of like used something like a smudge tool or a blur tool to sort of move it around so it looked like it was moving mm-hmm. instead of redrawing it. So you would have some frames that were more sharply rendered and then a bunch of blurry frames in between, which was probably a shortcut and it probably didn't look the way they wanted it to look, but it reminded me of Jacob's Ladder. Um, <laughs> so I was okay with it, basically. Yeah, it, it played to their strength. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did what they they were like. Okay, we don't have a huge budget for this game, so what sort of aesthetic can we bring to it that makes the best of our low budget? Mm-hmm, and I think right. they pulled it off pretty well. Yeah, it it was consistent, and I think that's why it worked. Yeah, like they um, committed to it. There was 
something else I was going to say. Oh, the other kind of I really wish they had polished this better thing for me besides the like sound the 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 voice recording quality um was the UX. Like I didn't like the control scheme. Mm-hmm. Um I like there were so many times when I meant to enter my inventory and I did something else or yeah. I like meant to, you know, interact with something and entered my inventory by mistake or I couldn't figure out it, like it took me a second to remember how to get out of my inventory or yeah. something like that. It just mm, I, it, I had, it kind of was annoying. I had similar problems. So if if uh, for anyone who didn't play it um or who just watched it or something like that, it's it's essentially a point and click game but it's all controlled by keyboard. So you yeah. you, move, you only yeah. have four arrow keys as your with whole with your arrow keys thing. and the way prompts work is, you know, an interactable a little thing will pop up when there's an interactable object or dialogue option and you hit the up key and that brings up a menu of ways to interact or just makes the interaction happen um and you also have an inventory and to go inven- into your inventory you hit down which brings you brings you to the inventory and then you use the left and right keys to cycle through your items and then to select an item, you hit enter, which then brings up another menu sometimes that gives you more options, options for using, like examine, use, use with, whatever. Yeah, so, it seems like if you're not going to, since enter key is used occasionally, and you're not like very specifically trying to stick to, I only have these four keys, like you might as well make the enter key used a little more often, like make it yeah. a little more convenient. Yeah, like, I don't know, make... Take that your interact key or something. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. So it it just seems a little strange that you know you've basically got a point and click game where you do no pointing or clicking. Yeah. Um, my, my biggest issue was that you had to scroll through the items in your inventory. Yeah. Which that at, just felt sort of cheap. At, at yeah. times, at times you have a lot of things in your inventory too. Yeah. Um, like when you're assembling those weapons. Yeah. Have like eight or nine or ten things. It it definitely got a little Um There's silly. also there's a lot of times when the inventory bar appears like as though you're allowed to interact with a sequence, but it's still a cutscene and then the <laughs> bar just disappears again. Yeah. Like there were some clear like little programming bugs that like uh, you know, apparently didn't they didn't have time to completely work out. <laughs> Also, did you have extreme frame rate issue in Fog? I did not. I didn't My frame either. rate dropped to or like not that five. I, not that I noticed, but I'm not sure I would notice, given how like weirdly janky the animations were. So. I mean, it yeah. was only outside the mansion, really. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like how they solved that. the like not letting you just walk away from the mansion thing by just making it like if you go into the fog, you just get lost in the fog and reappear like at the place where you were. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, that's a cute gimmick. Like, I, you know, better than an invisible wall. Yeah, I, I can mm. buy that, you know. There were some really great design decisions overall in this game, I thought. Um, sorry. I, Uh-oh. Um, let me just turn my phone off. That's um, the, uh, um, the In the very beginning, I even took a note on this, uh, the way that they use the animals to draw your attention to the fact that you can go backwards to places you've already been and they will be different. Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy, if you can only walk left and right, it's really easy to think like, well, I've been to the left, I know what's there, um, so right. you know, let me just walk to the right. Um, so to, to kind of mitigate that, they put 
a deer there that's like chased that you see it and it runs off to the left side and then you chase it and you end up somewhere that's different from where you were yeah and so it's like hey you can't rely on everything always staying the same like that's not how the rules of this game work Mm -hmm. i thought that was really well set out but the rules of the game kind of worked that way yeah there were that never happened after the first Mm, I think there were a couple times when, like, you go to a place and it's un, especially in the dream world, when you go to a place and it's different than you expected. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was uh, when there you're in the boat area and like you go, uh, like you go into a room and then like a wall of bones is blocking oh, yeah. the way and then you go backwards and there's a wall of bones behind you too. Yeah, I think I think those were like context sensitive. Uh... Events. But still, yeah. It's it's interesting that they did that at all, I guess. Yeah, they're not doing like an antechamber thing where like the direction you go in affects what, you know, forms, but it, it does underscore this kind of like the world is not reliable or sensible or sane. Mm-hmm. Um it's just it is just what it is. You know, at least like not it's, it's the, creepy and weird and, and disconcerting. At least the dead world. Yeah, yeah. the world's dead anyway. Um, I have a so I have a bunch of other topics that I can jump to unless anyone else wants to jump in. Go for it. I don't. Um, so let's talk about what is this game trying to say about depression? Oh boy, uh, that's a good one. Because <laughs> because it, it's such mixed messages. Like I as and and to be fair, like I personally have never suffered from depression, so it's difficult for me to tell playing this game what resonates in terms of like feels like a real lived experience and what is just reinforcing weird stereotypes about depression um but as far as i could tell like the game didn't really manage to say much about depression other than it sucks (laughs) and like blood-soaked revenge fantasies are a good reason to live like that's to be the 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 basic message I was getting. I mean, I guess I guess there was a thing about friendship too. Like mm-hmm. if if you go in like the bad ending, um, there's there's the whole part about how Mitzi's like Mitzi sets you up with a Facebook or whatever. Yeah. And after after you let her shoot Eye of Adam and and she dies, you know, eventually later you like log into your Facebook that you never even wanted in the first place, and it was like I had a friend request for Mitzi. And it, she goes on to say, like, you know, I, I met some people and now we go out and, you know, have coffee sometimes or whatever. And it sort of implies that, like, through the magic of friendship, she's well, getting her life back on track. She's a running bit. a blog to basically oh, yeah, help that too. suicide victims. I, yeah, I, I forget all these important depression. parts. Depression. Yeah. yeah. So that's... I don't, I don't know if that necessarily says anything about depression other than... I mean... Helping, I don't having... think the game does need to say anything about this. Well, if you're framing this as a game that's about, like, the main thing is that the, your main character has depression, I would hope it had something more interesting to say. Like, I... it seemed like it could have had something really interesting to say. At, but it it's sort of like the message was very muddled. <laughs> I, I agree. I think they could have, but I don't think it needs to. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I feel like if if you're starting out with something as impactful as my name is Susan Ashworth and I just killed myself, uh, 
it sets up the expectation that you're going to do something with that that's not just, go kill some guys. Um, yeah. Well, it sets up sets up a premise where she can't die. And that's what she, yeah, really, but that's really what she wants. But that's more of a mechanic than anything, well, I think. But she sort of fights the... Yeah, I don't know. It just yeah, um, I, I I kind of felt like it could have, it 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 sh- it felt like it was promising more in the beginning than it delivered. The, for me, the most emotionally resonant bit was the bit with the two, the two bars, because like going around and murdering serial killers is like not something I can relate to on like a day to day level, but like trying to deal with like a shitty day without being just overwhelmed by like stress mm-hmm. that felt that felt real yeah i i kind of agree with carl in that i don't think it actually had to say anything about depression and i don't necessarily even think it was really trying to um like i don't know the the first time that i watched most of this game and like heard about it long before this podcast that ne- like it never occurred to me that this is a game about depression or or that it sh- it's trying to say something. It it was not even a thought in my mind. It was just this is a game about a depressed lady and blah 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 blah. Like it's it's telling a story, but I don't think it's it's trying to make a commentary on depression in any way. Yeah, it's so. What's weird to me is also the game that the other game that this this person has made chose to focus on a main character with paranoid schizophrenia so like this is his second right. game where like his his main um sort of draw into the story has been my character has a mental illness but yeah. it's not but you don't really do anything with that yeah it, it seems like it's sort of just I'm using saying... using the mental illness as a hook i guess yeah, yeah i mean I, I feel like it's just a it's a plot point rather I mean it doesn't yeah, have it's, to be... yeah it's a hook rather than like a, a subject of examination within the story right and that's not like necessarily like a horrible thing but I think it's a lot of missed potential yeah like I, I think you could have had a really like interesting and deep game if you'd focused a little bit more on that aspect I was also <sighs> really curious in the beginning because um based on the thing that um the Queen of Maggots tells you when you first come in. She says, like, um, these these parasites will be, like, maybe tough to find. Like, they'll come to you and they may pretend to be your friends. And, you know, like, you you may not realize at first that you have to kill them, but you have to kill them. Um, and then, and so I thought, okay, this is setting up something really interesting where it's going to be about, you know, the stress of, like, not knowing who's really your friend and, you know, not being able to trust people and uh, and stuff like that. And I thought, so for the first, uh, like, the hospital suite sequence, it was very good at making me really paranoid about everyone. Like, I thought, yeah. oh, maybe Liz will yeah. secretly turn out to be the yeah. parasite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I had that as well. And, and then all the parasites are the creepiest, worst human beings that you run into. Like, it's not even, like, slightly hidden. <laughs> Like, well, oh, I mean, that is... This person is really freaky. I bet they're a serial killer. Like, and they this are. person knocked on my door. I opened the door. They hit me in the head with a hammer. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Exactly. Um, parasite. Okay. Yeah. And for the second parasite, they do something really interesting and actually show us who it is before we interact with him. 
Yeah. Yeah, and show us that he's basically a killer already. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I. I think this is actually a missed potential, rather than the depressing. The thing about the paranoia. The my thing is that I. I hesitate to call it missed potential. I just think it would be a different game. Yeah. Which might be a better game, but would be just a, a specifically it would be a very different game, which wouldn't like you can't really call it an improvement. It just wouldn't be the cat lady anymore. Yeah, I think it's I just guess, think it, it is, is what it is. Yeah, I think I'm probably just it's. I feel this way mostly as a I have a personal preference for sort of psychological horror over just like slasher horror, and this seems very too. slasher horror. In the sense of like you know you're you're an immortal character, so there's like to some extent I felt like that lost a lot of tension right off the bat because right. I wasn't worried about dying. That's, um, that's how I felt. You just that's go why I you just go around though. and like bloodily murder a bunch of people, which yeah. is you know was an interest. It was an interesting game. The, there was still some really cool creepy stuff in it, but it was less psychological than I had thought it was going to be going into it. I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. I think my thing with it is that. It, it already feels like there's two games here. There's the game that's about Susan, and it's about Susan's problems, and there's the game that's about killing the parasites, and, you know, ostensibly they're supposed to be the same game, but they don't feel like they are. They feel I really, really disagree with this. Yeah. yeah. I kind of I, I kind of agree, but you, you go first. Yeah. Well, I don't know how... Neither of the stories are in are really interesting, but I think I don't disagree with it, that. It, yeah. <laughs> use, it uses each other to improve both parts. Like it uses the horror element and sort of the plot to do some really interesting character. What do you call it? Like some char- yeah, character de- development yeah. for Susan and Mitzi, mostly. The other characters are kind of mediocre. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the character development of Susan and Mitzi doesn't really come to much in anything but, you know, the last scene where, where they're dealing with the Eye of Adam. At least for I Mitzi. To- I totally disagree again. Okay, <laughs> okay that's fair. <laughs> I mean, she transforms into, like, a helpless person that just want to die to someone who takes care of her problems. Okay, so. that's fair, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, I think Susan had a lot of character development over, yeah. over the course of the game. Um, and mostly because of Mitzi. Like, I think it was right. all after she met Mitzi for the most part, but it was before the end of the game. Like, I like that they bother to put in a montage of the two of them, um, you know, just, like, hanging out and, like, doing stuff in the apartment for, like, a while. I, I like that scene where they sit down at the table and talk about the other people in the apartment. Like, they make the little map. I thought that was yeah. cute. I don't know. Um, I kind of, I, I'm sort of, I sort of agree with both of those things. Like, I, I agree with Carl that, like, the game was stronger for using both pieces to, like, to comment on one another. Um, because I don't think like the parasite story would have been that interesting on its own. Although I do think Susan's story could potentially have been interesting on its own. Um, but I also agree that like I think it felt si- kind of schizophrenic in some ways. And I think we already said this, where like there were times when the tone like really abruptly shifted, like that weird comedy of errors sequence in the in the um, 
in the apartment where you're going around everybody's door. And that felt like this is a story about Susan and like Susan just sort of dealing with her life and the things in her life rather than this is a weird over the top thing where we've been yet again kidnapped and forced into a deadly situation sort of at random. Yeah. Uh, and now yeah. have to fight for our lives. And I, I tended to like the the more subtle sequences better, and that's just a I, I'm sure that's just a personal preference thing. Like everybody, you know, people like different things, um, but for me, like I preferred the more subtle to the like because the the stuff like you suddenly wake up in your third random kidnapping by a serial murder, where I'm like this doesn't feel real to me anymore. <laughs> like this just feels weird and contrived. Like I guess. The, the justification is that the, the Queen of Maggots is, like, bringing them to you. Is, like, you know, making this come into your life. But it still yeah. felt weird. Yeah. It's... I like the subtle parts, but I... I'm, I'm not sure how it would have been, because this game does a really, really good job to never... You never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. That's true. It, it that's does change sort of up unsettling. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking when I was playing the part uh, in the hospital. I was thinking like maybe mostly walking should do this as a Halloween game because there are parts <laughs> of this that feel really adventure gamey. Uh, yeah. But then there's also parts that are just like long Huge stretches of dialogue. Of yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Extreme well. Um, yeah. But the uh, so that's actually another another good topic to bring up. Did you guys feel when the when the sequences got really adventure gamey? Did you guys feel like that pulled you out of the horror elements at all? Because for me, when I'm like, okay, I've got a rubber glove, a uh, you know, a little paper thing full of medicine, um, and you know, a, a shard of like glass or something like that and I know I have to get a nurse to go into the bathroom so I can raid the nurse's station and steal this letter that's got a you know a thing on this thing and find out what this girl's mother's name is you know like <laughs> if I was going through that chain of like adventure gamey puzzle logic yeah and that kind of for me that kind of took me out of the horror a lot I I wouldn't say that it it took me out of the horror because I, I don't think that the overall uh, experience that I had was one of horror. I think it was more of otherworldliness and just strangeness. And I think that that adventure game line of thought and those, you know, not really real world mechanics that you have to go through in an adventure game actually sort of enhanced that feeling for me. But That's kind of where I was, yeah. yeah. But I can see that if 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 it was more of a horror thing for you, then then yeah, that's it, it's it's silly for horror games, but it it feels a little more at home for just strange otherworldliness. Yeah, that's fair. I'm gotta say, in the beginning, there's a lot of adventure game stuff, especially in the the psych ward. Yeah, the hospital stuff. sequence. And. But that's sort of before it gets really, really gory. Yeah, and before that's... the killing starts. Yeah, and actually, that's creepier for me, because uh, the, it's for me, it's all about the tension. That's what's creepy. So I thought it was really interesting. I, I sort of didn't intend this, but when we were talking about this last week, introducing the game, um, I talked a lot about nine nine nine, 
which is a game for the DS, which is very has a lot in common with this game, actually, because it's sort of a textual kind of game because it's a visual novel, mm-hmm. but it's also got a horror theme and it's got these puzzles in between where you have to like get out of a room. Um, but that game is entirely about tension because you know if you make the wrong choice, it will result in your death and you'll get a bad ending. Yeah. Um, and you like it's not going to result in your death until like you hit the end of the game but it's still like i felt constantly a sense of tension because for the most part things looked relatively normal and it was only occasionally that you would run into something super horrifying um like you know a grizzly corpse or whatever yeah. <laughs> um yes. and the, the fact that I was always worried that something horrible was going to be around every corner was what made me scared in that game. Whereas with this one, I know that something horrible is going to be around every corner because something <laughs> horrible is always around every corner. And for me, that completely solved all the tension and then I wasn't scared anymore. <laughs> and I think the adventure gamey was, like, gaminess was part of that, but in general, it was it was about how, like, once the killing starts, you're like, yeah, and no, not even once the killing starts. You know what started that for me? There's a part right towards the beginning, and this was like the one part that was like, for me, was like, holy shit, um, where she stretches her arm down a narrow little opening, <laughs> and it gets cut off with a buzzsaw at the shoulder. Yep. Um, and once that and happens... they start playing dope metal music. <laughs> yeah. Which is a lovely music. Yeah. Then you wander around with a bloody stump for a little while. Um, <laughs> yeah. And after that happened, like, the scary part was reaching into the hole knowing that your arm could get cut off. Once it was cut off, tension gone. Especially, right. especially because um, they, they set it up with, like, there's a whole bunch of blood around this hole. Examine yeah. the hole. There's a lot it's of blood like around big, this hole. There's a big hmm. sign there that says danger. Like, hmm. And there appears to be a button at the end of the hole, and you're just like, oh, no, come on. Yeah. No, don't make me do this. Susan, no. please. Yeah, <laughs> and she said, she said you needed to offer some blood. Yeah, just a little bit though. Just, just yeah. a tiny just a prick. That's all you'll ever feel. So just you know a little it's stretch. coming, and like the anticipation of it coming is horrible, and then once it comes, it's almost a relief. Yeah. Um, because you know it's you you don't have to worry about it being about to happen anymore. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the fact that you could just like cut your hand with a crowbar until you're dripping blood and shove the crowbar in to hit the button, and then no nobody has to lose their arm over anything, but. You know. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. That's okay. Adventure game logic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, as Carl said, for the most part, the puzzles were really well designed to be just obvious enough. Yeah. That, like, yeah. you didn't spend a huge amount of time frustrated mm-hmm. over them, but that you still felt like, ah, I'm solving this thing. I understand what I have to go do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially in that, that beginning sequence when you're in that otherworldly place. Because, like, everything that you do or find, you're like, oh, I know where that goes. That's the other thing that I saw earlier that I couldn't do anything with because, you know, it, like it always, there was never a point where you're just like, what is this for? Mm-hmm. Which is a typical adventure game problem. Yeah. I mean, there's like, one or two times where you pick up a key and you're like, huh, 
I guess I have a key now. This is probably going to be important. But it's but not. Like, it's not like I took a mint. Okay, yeah, now what? Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, huh? I found a key in the mouth of a corpse. This is probably important. Yeah. It's like, well, all right. It'll go to a door. So next do- locked door I find, I'll just stick this inside and see what happens. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> I am I am glad that we played that, but damn, was that difficult to play. It was. I, I warned you. This is not it's, the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, it wasn't. Like I said, I wasn't scared, but I was like, I just I felt didn't expect like you to be scared. Drained and awful. uncomfortable. Exactly. After yeah. every single session. Yeah, that's that is exactly the problem. I didn't expect you to be scared. I I didn't find it scary myself, but it's just draining and horrible and depressing. And then later on in the game, the the giant walls of text got a little bit draining on their own as well. Yeah. But They're like, all they right, come on. It's draining to me, because I always thought they were really, really well written, actually. They were a little hit or miss for me. I yeah, think it was, was a combination of that well. and and the voice, the, like, voice quality just was, like, a little, a little much. Like, maybe just let me read this dialogue and I would be happier, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I appreciated them, like, giving a lot of characterization via the voice, but they should have, like, you know, come on, splurge on a pop filter, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So, let's see. What else do I have in my notes? Um, What do you guys think about the decision? So, it's good in a game like this to have things that are, you know, if you're having things that are horrible... To have some slightly more lighthearted or calmer sequences in between to get some good ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of did that. But what do you guys think about the decision to put the longest and sort of like least tense sequence, the whole like apartment thing, right before the fine like the end of the game? My biggest issue with this game. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna lead up to the finale. You can't have that scene. Yeah, you can't have because the, the thing that immediately precedes it is the cat widow ghost like Scooby yeah. thing. I I I felt like see what I was wishing they would have done is intersperse those bits between the other parasites because you get back from the hospital, you meet Mitzi, and then it's like bam, bam, bam. You three kill you kill three parasites. And then you walk around the apartment for an hour, and then it's the end of the game. You found the Eye of Adam. Like, I feel like they could have been sort of gently stirred into each other, the sequences a little bit, which would have given it some ups and downs, rather than having a lot of rising action as we're getting up to the finale of the game with that very long, fun, and, you know, kind of cute and fun to go through seg- segment that just sort of felt like a total killer of the overall mood. I wish they did four par- parasites and removed the fourth one. The uh, the, the carpenter? Har- the carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of worked that backstory thing into in yeah. another way. And and they could have even used that really cool ship segment. I think I think the ship segment was my favorite sort of um, 
hell had some weird puzzles in it. Yeah, yeah but they, well, I thought they were pretty cool. I was so frustrated because I like I tried everything I could think of, and I I was super stuck on that part where you have to like crush her with like crush the shadow image of Susan mm-hmm. with these giant like crushy pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> For this machine, because you got to get blood on a machine, because that's this fucking game. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, I need, I definitely need at least two levers to do this, based on what I can tell the system is. Oh, and you didn't realize um, you could use. No, I tried to use the mace. I'm oh. like, can I stick the mace in? And I wasn't standing in exactly the right spot, mm. so it didn't work. Yeah. Um, and so then I spent like another half hour trying to figure out what it was, and I eventually fact it, and it's like use the mace as another thing, and I'm like, oh my god, I tried to do that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I I eventually it it took me a little while, but I did eventually realize that in order to use an item on some on like an object in the environment, you have to be standing in such a way that the interact prompt for that yeah, environmental is object is up. Yeah. Which. Is, yeah, you know. I did get eventually, but uh, I, I don't think that's bad. I think it's really good. I mean, it, you it clearly know when it when works, you're able to use it if it, if yeah, you can use it. it. It works as well as I think the control scheme allows it to work. If yeah. if like, this I was mouse operated, kind of the prompt the prompt, but like I'm I in like toggling back and forth to get out of menus, which requires moving her slightly. I must have slightly moved off of the prompt, yeah. and you know. Which was annoying, but it, it was fine. Once I got it, you know, I was like, okay, so my idea was actually the correct idea. Mm. At, least, at least it was pointing me in the right direction. And I really loved that thing where you had to stab the guy in the reflection. See, that uh, that was my brief moment of frustration, because I thought you had to, like, stand behind it and stab it. Mm-hmm. So I kept doing that and, like, you know, go like the knife going right through it. I'm like, why isn't it working? And then I tried stabbing it from the front. I'm like, oh well, okay. But if you yeah, stand it's... behind, you don't actually see Susan, right? You you yeah, can you see, still see her, but yeah, it's not but as not strong. Clearly, yeah. yeah. See, I, I was I was just thinking of like you know sneaking up on it because I was I was worried that something bad was gonna happen if I like. Yeah, but the thing is, you don't stab it. It's, yeah. Uh, it's it's only exists in the reflection, so yeah. your reflection has to stab it. Yeah. Um, which I thought, um, it wasn't super clear, but I did eventually get the impression, like looking at it, like this thing is not really in the room with me. It's like fuzzy mm-hmm. and weird in an unusual way. Yeah. But then so much of the graphic stuff in that game is intentionally sort of odd and fuzzy and weird that yeah. sometimes it can be hard to tell what they're going for. A little. Um, but that it, that that part really worked for me. I thought that was kind of clever. I felt clever when I figured it out. Like mm-hmm. it, it had that adventure game rush for me of like, ha ha! I have <laughs> I have figured out a thing. I'm such a clever person. I like that. I I I should make I should record you going ha ha and like make that my ringtone or something. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> yep. Um. But yeah. So that's. I agree with you that, like, they could have easily interspersed the, like, going around the different apartments between the weird Psycho Killer segments. Yeah. Um, and that would have that would have given you a more even, like, set of ups and downs versus having all the down right before the finale. <laughs> oh, well. But for what it's worth, it's an interesting game. It's I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it to people. Because it's such a already have, <laughs> yeah. Well, you made us play it, so. Um, but it's 
Yeah. It's a uh it's it's a game I would recommend to the right sort of person, I guess. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those if you're into that sort of thing, you'll probably enjoy it. Yeah, or if you have an yeah. interest in game design and like games that do different weird things. Like it has enough interesting design decisions in it that I I felt like it was useful to look at. Yeah. Uh but if you're just like a casual game player, like you know, just a person who likes to play games, like I'm not sure I could in good conscience recommend nope. this. Yes. Nope. Just because it's already it's, had. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's an it's an effort. Um, it certainly is. Let me see. Okay, so we talked about depression. We talked about the tone. We talked about anticipation and tension. We talked about what the fuck was up with the flower man. <laughs> um, I think that's everything on my list. Uh, do you guys have anything else to, to cover? I have two things. Okay. Teacup is a great name for a cat. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and I wish I could summon flesh-eating cats by playing a piano. <laughs> that, was, that was such an odd sequence. Just overall, from everything from the guy showing up at your door to kill you for no reason, um, to the uh, to the, the fact that he t- he makes you play piano, which ends up being the instrument. Like you don't even do anything that leads to his death. You follow his orders, and your cats kind of jump in and save the day, and just straight up eat the guy. And the fact <laughs> that your cats give enough of a shit about you to save you like that, like. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been a cat who gives enough of a damn about me to murder a man on my behalf. <laughs> my cat is asleep on my bed right now. He would not do that at all. Yeah, I... Oh yeah, one thing more. Yeah. Mitsu seems awfully okay with you just killing people. Yeah, <laughs> she does. To be fair, she did show up at your apartment building with the intent of killing someone. That's true. Sure. Actually, yeah. And I guess I guess all of your killings are pretty justified. I mean, you were going to get eaten by the pest control guy. Yeah, they're, they're primarily self-defense. <laughs> yeah. In fact, yeah, but they're, it's they're still primarily like... self-defense after the fact, even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after you have been killed by the person. It's like, I have I mean, been murdered by this man. I suppose I should kill him. <laughs> you get home, and she's like, okay, you killed a bunch of guys. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, I agree. I, I always found that a little bit odd. The other thing... I don't know. This is almost certainly reading too much into it, but um, the one thing that I definitely found a little bit interesting about all the exposition with the Queen of Maggots and everything, and and mentioning Teacup reminded me, is that like they go out of their way for Susan to say, like, Teacup never leaves your side always knows when you're sad, is always there, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, that's basically what the Queen of Maggots tells you when you're, like, talking to her. She's like, I, I've seen everything, you know, I'm always there. I'm brushing your hair when you're crying yourself to sleep. It's just a little bit interesting. Like, I, I drew that connection pretty early. Teacup is the Queen of Maggots. I wonder, because... She does save your life in a very, like... I am a cat who knows the fuck what I'm doing kind exactly. of Exactly, yeah. That's Did the I thing. tell Teacup to piss off? Because <laughs> that's what I told Queen of Maggots. 
true. Does that make you sad to think that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's all I'm thinking is like maybe you know maybe not literally. We don't hear anything about the cat still showing up to to keep her company afterwards. Right. We don't know if that's still happening, so it's so, possible. I mean, it may not be a literal thing, but in, in the sense of, like, they are somehow servants of the Queen of Maggots, or, or the Queen of Maggots exists through them, or whatever. Just something along those lines. It's just like, huh, that is an interesting potential connection that they don't really... They don't make explicit in any sort of way, and, and they only kind of barely imply it, but My there's enough of an implication that it's possible. My cat must be one of the rejects. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not capable of being your, your a serial killer didn't, alive. Didn't make it into feline Mensa, and no. uh, that's what's required to be no, sorry, part of the buddy. game. Of I still uh, love you, Cass. All right. Cool. So, does that mean we're ready to talk about the next game? <laughs> I th- I'm I am so ready. All oh right. boy. I am gyrating in my seat. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, managed to evoke the sigh from Carl. <laughs> um, okay, so the next game we're playing came out of a conversation where we were talking about let's play a game that's a bad game that's just so bad it's hilarious. Um, and what games could we play? So we're going to be playing a game called Gyromancer. Um, now, some of you may remember perhaps from from watching Sunday Game Club, uh, that once upon a time, uh, Square Enix had a really weird collaboration with Disney that shouldn't have worked at all, but somehow managed to make Kingdom Hearts, which was kind of, like, majestic and strange and wonderful. Um, but But as fewer people know, there was an evil twin collaboration... That was that shouldn't have worked and didn't, um, <laughs> which was when uh, Square Enix, of course, you know the big high fantasy, you know company behind uh, Final Fantasy and The World Ends with You and Kingdom Hearts, uh, teamed up with PopCap, uh, best known for the casual games uh, Bejeweled and Peggle and Plants vs Zombies, uh, and they made a game called Gyromancer. Um, Gyromancer is a fantasy game in which, uh, gosh, how to even start talking about what's wrong with Gyromancer? What's um, wrong with it? <laughs> Can the, we play uh, a different game? Let's start the, describing what it is. So it's a it's a game that's a, sort of akin to Puzzle Quest, if you're familiar with Puzzle Quest, uh, where the um, the mechanic is bejeweled twist. But it's it's sort of ham-fistedly shoved a Final Fantasy-esque high fantasy story on top of that. Um, so the the biggest, the most hilarious problem with this game is how completely just nuts the story is. Um, there's, I'm pretty sure, like the the main good female character dies twice in the course of the narrative. Oh, so she's uh, like Susan. Yeah, she's not quite on Susan's level. I think yeah. she needs and to improve like, a little bit. There's Susan like a White. there's like a villain that shows up at the end as the final boss that I'm pretty sure is never mentioned up until that point. Nice. Um, and it's it's just like it's sort of mind-blowingly like over the top fantasy. 
Um, like also, yeah, also the game, it's it's like the worst aspect of Final Fantasy. Because sometimes Final Fantasy gets it right and has really good character development. And sometimes it really doesn't. And in this case, it really doesn't. Um, it also has the most indirect mechanic I can possibly think of. So for anyone who's seen, um, like, Honey Pop, and you know, like, where in Honey Pop you play Bejeweled to, to control a dating sim somehow... Um, this is kind of like that, but with fantasy instead of sex. Um, Aren't those the same thing? High fantasy, like elves. And ah, okay. But okay. I just wanted to, you know, make that. Joke. <laughs> you just want to make that joke, yeah. Yeah. But, um, um, you did it. So it has the most indirect possible control scheme I can think of, because you play a powerful magical wizard who is like famous for his ability to control magics, but you don't. You don't actually cast any magics yourself. You control giant monsters and have them fight for you, a la Pokemon. Oh my uh, gosh. But, you, but you don't actually control the giant monsters either. <laughs> you play you Bejeweled play <laughs> to, to control the giant monster moves to fight for the wizard. Wow. Um, and it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's entertaining and I think kind of fun to play in the way that casual games are fun and fun to play because PopCap knows what they're doing with like juicy mechanics like it's a solid casual game that just has this completely inexplicable story <laughs> sort of try sort of like Frankensteined onto it um, and uh, and so I, I find it incredibly amusing and I'm hoping everyone else will um, it's a long game so you probably won't uh, get to finish it, but I would uh, encourage you to play at the very least until the forest closes. Um, so there's a... Yeah, this main story is 21 hours, so we're not going to play... Oh, God. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a fantasy RPG, so you're yeah. not going to get through the whole um, I, Look, look, calling it a fantasy <laughs> RPG seems a little bit contrived. <laughs> yeah. Well, well... We'll revisit. We'll revisit whether or not it's a fantasy RPG after we've played it. Um, Good. The uh, good. So just, just play. So you know, just play however much of it you can get through. But the um, the beginning of the game is sort of a tutorial mode up until the forest closes. So when the forest closes, the mechanic kind of shifts. Um, so you should play at least that far so that you can um, feel what the mechanic shift feels like. Cool. Um, and there's like there's a bunch of different maps, and they all have sort of different goals. And there's like some puzzly aspects to it, and some stuff is like time pressure stuff. And it's I don't know. It's it's a weird, weird, weird thing. And I I have never met anyone else who has played it, and so I'm really eager to see what like what other people make of it. Um, and it's you, only it's like six bucks on Steam. So and you don't want to suffer alone in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it, it's it's very much like when I saw Jupiter ascending, and I'm like, this thing is, I don't even know what to think about this. Let me bring in some other people to share this the glory of this insanity with me. The world needs to know about Gyromancer. Yep. Oh dear. And now you're making it happen. Yep. Now you have it. your platform now. Yep. <laughs> so I'm making this happen. Like I said, six Good. bucks on Steam. It's not exactly an investment. So um, why are we doing this? Because it's hilarious. Because hey, we might as well we all. might as well play us so bad it's it's amusing game. Yeah, we were and gonna do it eventually. Maybe some so. people will really like it. 
maybe that will happen. That is a I, firm maybe. That is a firm maybe. Um, because it does. It's it's a weird hybrid of Final Fantasy and Bejeweled and Pokemon. So those are not on their own. Any of them a bad thing. Um, no, I certainly not. See but all together, <laughs> I can't. Actually. Can. Yeah. You, you so, sound the, com- the combat in a, like a Final Fantasy game is stupid anyway. <laughs> yes, extremely. That's why I don't play yeah. that. So see what you think. Maybe it'll turn out you'll actually really enjoy it. I'll prefer this over actual Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, you might. <laughs> um, it's entirely it's so possible. It actually is possible, unfortunately. That's the yeah. sad. All right. So uh, so that's you know two weeks. Play it. See what uh see how you see what you think. Nice. Well, we did it. Yep. We did another episode. Y'all wanna y'all wanna plug some things? Um, no. I will not be streaming tonight because uh, I gotta get up at six a.m. tomorrow. So, mm. but it's... next next starting next Sunday, I will be streaming again in the evenings uh, at seven o'clock, seven to ten. Twitch.tv slash Cage Tiger and on Twitter at Kyla underscore Go. Excellent. Hooray. Uh, I uh, I stream the Sunday Game Club every Sunday at 10 a.m. And this Wednesday, after Jason's stream at 9 o'clock, the old play-by-play time, I'll be starting to play Tales of Zestiria. I don't know if that's going to become a recurring thing, but that will be my first opportunity to play it, so I figured I should just share it with everybody. I have no idea what that game is. It's uh, the latest addition to the Tales series, which is about as old as the Final Fantasy series, but not not as well known i guess no, slightly not as well known but yeah. mostly just not a menu s- selection simulator um so <laughs> tell us how you really feel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i am stoked for that it's a jrpg uh so you know whatever but uh, that'll be wednesday otherwise yeah sunday's 10 a.m and maybe i'll do wednesdays regularly eventually nice mm-hmm Cool. I don't. I don't do anything interesting. I just do this. Me neither. You guys can plug your twitters if you want. Yeah. My no. my my. Okay. You don't have to. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm at at Kelso Time Bomb. My birthday is soon. Be nice to me. I don't even. I don't expect anything. Just be nice to me on my birthday. <laughs> I wasn't sure where that was going. <laughs> I I don't know. Flaring my birthday. It's, it's is not soon. really. It's not really going anywhere. That's what, that's what you're doing. I'm just. What I was just silence after that. I don't just scream, not to say a but word. But it's almost my birthday. <laughs> I'm I'm just looking forward to the fact that I'm almost a Christmas cake. I'm so excited about it. You are almost a Christmas cake. Okay, I have to explain this every time I say it, which makes yes. me which makes me so mad that I'm I'm that I'm the queeb and you're all peasants. Um, so. I sort of know what you mean. Actually. <laughs> um, um, no, a Christmas cake. It's I don't I don't think it's even a widely used term in in Japan anymore. It it used to be more of a thing, but so the idea of a Christmas cake is you get a cake, you eat the cake on Christmas. Christmas is on the 25th. The next day, on the 26th, the cake is no good. You throw it away. That's what happens if you are an unmarried woman in Japan. It's okay until you're 25, but on the 26th, nobody wants you. <laughs> so now I will be a 26-year-old unmarried woman, and nobody will want me, and that's 
purpose. I see. So you're That's officially perfect. going into spinsterhood. Yeah. So it's appropriate that we just played the cat lady. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm getting ready for the rest of my life. I'm going to... Because you already own a cat. And yeah. Now you're going to be a spinster, so... Yeah, I'm going to go knock on all my neighbor's doors, like, right after this. <laughs> and over the next few weeks, you're gonna murder 17 people. Yeah, yeah. So Christmas uh, cake expression really doesn't work in Sweden. <laughs> we don't we don't do Christmas cakes, and we don't celebrate on the 25th. Oh boy. <laughs> there you go. So you can still get married in Sweden, is what Carl is saying. Okay. Oh, we celebrate 24th. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm already a Christmas cake. That's fine. That's okay. Now I, just, I don't have to. They don't. They don't have cakes on Christmas, though. He said. Oh wow! Or Christmas duck. Christmas goose. Ham. 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 Oh, Ham. that's that's appropriate. This has been Bye. the podcast, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye.